0: Ladies, that'll make you think a little bit, won't it? Boy, I just spoke to my heart. Here's the God of glory loves me. Brother Russell, there's a lot of times I don't even love myself. And I know how wretched I am. And he still loves me. And it's sad, those girls were singing, there's a bunch of kids out there, they want somebody to love them, That's right. You're right. You're right. and they'll do anything, they'll do anything, if they think it will attract the affection of someone. Yes, and you see all this stuff going on with kids, and even adults, I mean, it's... You say, well, this kid, she's this, and she's this, and you don't know her backstory. Right. On, right. ahead, and what they need to know is God loves them. I appreciate that. It, it, it'll take one wrong decision. And you could, be, you could be where a lot of that's folks right. are that, right. that, that right. we'll, look, we'll look down our spiritual nose at. You could be right there. So yeah. could I. Yeah. Was, if it weren't right. for the grace of God, that's you and I would be there. Right. And right. Right. And Boy, I tell you what, well, thank God for that. Yeah. You grew up in a Christian home. You say, well, man, I tell you what, I didn't have any fun growing up. I grew up in a Christian home. There's a, there's a lot of people, young people, that like to have your life. Like to grow up not not having to worry about if daddy's going to come home drunk, beat up on them and their mom, or not have to worry about if mom's going to be out all night with her next boyfriend. We ought to thank God. We ought to thank God. Moms and dads, we ought to thank God for these kids. Yes, sir. Amen. I know. Listen, I got four. I know they can try you, but I promise you what, what there's, there's a lot of parents who like to have your kids. That's right. yes, so sir. I appreciate that's that, right. appreciate our young people and Brother Paul, Miss Tammy yes. leading them and he Brother left. Justin, Miss Emily, all those that work in the, the uh, children's ministry and nursery workers and toddlers and all that. See, that's, that's the reason we have them up here that's right. when they're this tall. So that when they're this tall, they're still doing that. And maybe, just maybe, with the grace of God and the help of God, and some mamas and daddies that will pray for them and love them enough to, to discipline them, maybe they won't end up a statistic. Good singing. Good playing. While well, I was listening to that offertory, that was phenomenal, wasn't it? What's interesting is you ever heard the saying, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. What if you had two whole new sets of hands in there? She, she's like, now look, Papa, now don't you mess me up. And they did, they did fantastic. And the Sunshine Choir. You know, it's interesting how God orchestrates everything. They were singing, uh, he will make you fishers of men. Yes. And uh, that's the scripture tonight. Amen. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 4. If you would Matthew chapter four. Boy, I so appreciate what God's doing. Yes. And uh, this morning I was uh, spending some time in my devotion, praying, and yes. and I, I I try to I don't do it every morning, but I, I try to I try to write down some things, and, uh, some faults I have, and some things, and, and something that impressed me uh, this morning. God impressed me with this that. Uh, he said you have not because you ask not. Right. And a lot of times we don't ask because we don't think God will do it. Right. Right. Or we don't ask believing, yeah. right? right. Yeah. And so what limits what God wants to do with you and what he wants to do with right. our church and what's, what he wants to do with, with us serving him is us. It's yeah. not him. Yeah. And uh I think God gave us the theme for this year because we needed to see. We need to stretch our faith a little bit and just say, Look, let's just find out. I mean, you know, bad news is on every hand, we serve a great God, either he's his word's true or it isn't. But I I'd rather find out listen, I'd rather find out now, wouldn't you? If he if he's not if he's not truth. But he he's been faithful. His 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 word's been faithful. And uh I believe we can claim it, don't you? Yes, sir. Matthew chapter 4, I want to begin verse number 16. The Bible said, the people which sat in darkness, <coughs> that's important. That's right. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. Yes, and to them which sat in the region in shadow of death, light has sprung up. From that time Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. Now you see the in verse number 16 you see the need that here you have a group of people in darkness was that right. any different than it is today? I mean we we look at the darkness and we know that uh, there's evil we know that uh, there's principalities, and we see it across our landscape. We see it in, in uh, just what we were mentioning the, all the child abductions and the pornography That so. I mean, you think about this how prevalent even pornography is You're now. Right. Right. Have... And we see a, a generation, we see a nation that, that and a world really, that is anti God. And that's what they—that's where when Jesus came. That's what the, where they were, the people which sat in darkness. And that's where we are today. So the times have not changed. The people have not. The need hasn't changed. Yes. Said there was great light. And uh, verse number eighteen, the Bible said, Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me and <laughs> In God's time and good, Amen. and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I don't, again, if I believe God's word, and I do, and, and I believe every word God puts in there is what He wants us to know, right. He didn't say, I might make you fishers of men, or I possibly would make you fishers of men. He said, I will. Yeah. Now, when you tell me or I tell you, I will do something, there's a 50 50 chance with, with some, right? that will actually do it. With some, it's more like 90-10, right? The 90 being they won't do it. But with the Lord, it's always 100% when he says, I will do something, he will do it. He said, I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, uh, other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them... Notice this in verse 22, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. That's interesting to me because in in the years that I've pastored, I've talked to people and I've talked to some that they've gotten out of church, got away from God because of their family. Well, here's two young men. I've seen some, Brother Shane, that have gotten away from God because of their job. Well, look at this one verse. The Bible said they immediately left the ship and... Their father. They left their occupation and their family to follow Jesus. And Jesus actually told the disciples that it would cost them and cost us to follow him. And he said, you may have to leave your mother and father, right? You may have to have them hate you. But that's not where we're going tonight. That's not the direction. I want to share with you the great role of the Christian. You know, God left us here for a reason. And the reason he left us here was not to have church, even though I enjoy church and you do too. And, and let's be honest, in most Christians' lives, the pinnacle of their Christian walk is coming to church three times a week or two times a week. Some one, some once a month. Some you have the, the, the call them creesters, Christmas and Easter Christians, right? They just come those special times of the year. But, but a lot of folks, I mean, this is it. They think they're saved to come to church and live their life and one day go to heaven, that's it. Well, the greatest role that you and I have as believers, as followers of Christ, is to share the gospel and to be fishers of men. And Jesus is calling out his disciples. He's preparing the way for men to follow him and seeing a great harvest of souls. So it wasn't just that he was calling these 12 and saying, you follow me and that's all that matters. He was actually having them in the inner circle so that when he left, and he said this, he said when he left, that they would do greater things than he. Amen. And the reason was because as a man in his, in his humanity, he could be one place at one time. And the fact is he was gonna send the Holy Spirit uh, to dwell within them and they would be able to accomplish more for the cause of Christ than he did in his earthly ministry. Well, think about that. 2,000 years later, look, we've got as many in this room as they had at the very beginning. So look at the expansion, the exponential growth of the church over 2,000 years because Jesus took 12 men and put them around him and taught them and trained them and mentored them, and he, but he left them and he said, you, I'm, 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 I want you to follow me right. so you'll be fishers of men. Yes, Friend, the greatest thing we can do is to be fishers of men. That's right. It's a great picture of believers today in the Lord saves us and then invites us to follow him. And the question is, will we answer the call to fulfill our greatest role to be fishers of men? We ought to be great prayer warriors, right? I, I, I know that. But let's be honest. You and I have been commissioned by the Lord Jesus Christ to fish for men. It's interesting to me that I saw a post uh, yesterday, day before churches shutting down on Sunday night and having trunk or treat and doing all that. And some guy said it's sad that there'll be more people, more cars in the parking lot for trunk or treat than it will be for a church service. And then you have a debate of, well, that's the church and they're trying to outreach to the community, and the church may not do anything else all year, but they're going to have a trunk or treat. Now, if, and again, you may say, well, preacher, this is you're kind of nitpicking here, but. The church, God did not leave the church to reach the lost. He left the individual to reach the lost. Now, we make up the church. We make up the body. But it's almost like, well, the the organization of the church, whatever you have to do to reach people, the church is supposed to be, the organization is supposed to be the ground and pillar of truth. This building cannot win one soul to Christ. That bus out there cannot win anybody to Christ. This pulpit, this choir, right? It it is you and I being fishers of men that will take the gospel to a lost and dying world. And I don't care. Listen, church, I got way past getting on my soapbox about all that stuff. If they want to do trunk and treat and all this stuff, whatever. My thing is, if you want your kids to have candy, go to Walmart and buy them a bag. Amen. 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 Amen? I mean, just go buy them a bag. Yeah, but they're dressing up like Bible characters. whoop de doo I mean, just buy them candy. They sell it at Walmart. They sell it at Dollar General. Amen? I mean, just rot their teeth out. That's cool. If you want to buy me a bag of candy, bring it. I'll eat it. I'll eat the whole thing. So I don't care. I'm not on my soapbox. It's Halloween, all that. Do what you want to do. But what I'm saying is when did the church stop worrying about sharing the gospel and fishing for men? Well, we've got all these outreaches. We've got a clothes closet. We've got, we've got great, wonderful, but how many times when we have the food pantry and clothes closet do we accompany that with the gospel? Amen. Now, we've got to meet the physical needs. I know that. I understand that. But friend, let's be honest. We're in the mess we're in because we did not fish for men for generations and now we're seeing the fruit. Now, I don't know if we'll ever get to where we need to be, but I know this, that, that regardless, you and I have to be fishers of men. And so in this scripture, I want to share three things with you. i see. Uh, first of all, he, he talks, number one, about the fishermen. Yes, he does. Now notice what he, what he said. In verse 18, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Didn't say they were preachers. Didn't say they were Bible students. It just said they were fishermen. Yeah. They didn't know anything about the gospel. They didn't, know anything about, uh, they didn't know anything about eternal security. They didn't know anything about the, the Trinity. They just knew about catching fish. Right. Right. right? I mean, that's it. And so I see a few things about this. Then we go down to verse 21 going on. From thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee, John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Why? Why? Because he wanted them to fish. Yes. And so these fishermen, the first thing I see about them is they were uneducated. That's right. Now they had a lot of, a lot of common sense obviously because they decided to follow Jesus. But as far as formal education, they didn't go to Bible college, and I'm not against that, right? Uh, they didn't go to uh, seminary. They didn't go to. They didn't have Bible classes. They didn't have a church like this. They just saw a guy walking. His name was Jesus, and he called out to him and said, "Follow me." And they said, "Huh? I think I will." See, you don't have to have all the training to follow Jesus. You have to have a desire. They weren't educated in public speaking. They didn't have a platform. They were just fishermen. They were regular guys. They were just. Human beings, right? Think about this. Elijah, he was not a super Christian. The Bible says he he was uh, he had the same things we did. We he has the same temptations we have. He he's tempted as we are, right? I mean, think about this. That when we look at Bible characters, we think that they were you know they're over here in this super Christian category, and we're just over here. They're just ordinary men. I mean, Moses had a speech impediment. God used him. Right, John the Baptist was a, a wild man that he lived out in the desert and had you know dressed like a maniac, yes. yeah. and here are some guys that their occupation was fishing Good. now that ought to interest some of you guys. Yes, sir. you like to fish hey man I'm a, I love fish Please like to catch them catfish and like to go down the coast. Well, how about taking some of that zeal you got for those scaly uh, uh, fish and start fishing for men? See, they were just regular people. So God didn't know nowhere in here does he say, listen, before you do that, you go to to the University of Jerusalem and you got to get your doctorate in theology. Uh, No, he just said, listen, I'm calling you, follow me. And you know what they did? They said, sounds good to me. They were uneducated, they were untrained. They hadn't been they hadn't been to soul winning conferences. They didn't even have the Romans road. They didn't know anything about John three sixteen, right? The only thing they knew about John three sixteen was their personal experience with Jesus Christ, and that was enough. Now, you may not have all the training. You may not have been through soul winning training. You may not. But the fact is, you do have a testimony. If you're saved by the grace of God, you can tell somebody what God rescued you from and where you are now. Right. Amen. They didn't have soul winning certifications, right? Didn't have certificates everywhere. Yeah. That's good. They just saw a guy. Something was different about him, and they said, I think I'm, I'm going with him. The question is, will you? Right. They were uneducated. Yes, sir. They were untrained. And at least initially, they were unafraid. Oh, Eddie, yeah. they didn't say, now what's the benefit package? That's right. How much does this pay? Right? Because he didn't tell, I mean, <laughs> look what they're doing. Right. They're leaving something that made them money. They're leaving someone they were comfortable being around. I assume is their dad. You say, well, you don't know. Well, I, if you're going to spend all day on a fishing boat with them, you're probably going to be kind of comfortable with him, right? They said, we don't need any of that. We'll just we'll go with you. And as if you study their life, it wasn't like they were staying in five star hotels. They weren't flying around on Lear jets. They just stayed with Jesus. Yes, right. So it tells me a couple things that that they left what they knew. See, you got got to get out of your comfort zone. That's right. Amen. Now I'll tell you a story. Twenty-one years ago, my wife, we we laugh about this now. But you had a young man and a young woman who had a three-year-old who was pregnant with another one. Who's going to a great church, love my pastor? God called me to preach in May, and I'm like, all right, I'll do that, but I'm gonna stay where I'm at. I'm just gonna be an evangelist, and you know, I don't, I got a good job, making some money, we got a good house, we got all that. Don't want to rock the boat too bad, right? right. I'll just kind of follow you, Jesus. I'll follow you, but I'll follow me too, right? right. And so we came down to Currytown Baptist Church, to fill in one Sunday, and on the way back, I said, Well, I think God wants me to pastor that church. I had no desire to pastor. Didn't know anything about pastoring. Right. When they voted on me, I didn't say how much y'all paying. There were 12. Right. There were 12. There wasn't no pay. It's right. <laughs> yeah. it enough to buy gas. Miss yeah. I'm gonna tell you, there are a lot of Sunday afternoons, Sunday evenings. Our lunch and our supper was at the BP station on the corner, and it was a drink and a candy yes, bar. Right? I just didn't have any better sense than just to follow him. I didn't care what the pay was. I didn't care. Listen, oh, you shouldn't take that church down there. That's a small church. Why don't you wait on a beer? I didn't care about all that. See, that's right. There's not, you don't have to have a plan to follow Jesus. You just have to have a willingness to jump on board and go in the direction that he's going. You don't have to know all this going on. Brother Russell, listen, here's a family that gave their life to go to Mexico, and they had not been to Mexico in a year and a half. You know what they're doing? We're just following you wherever you tell us to go. It's not always comfortable, but it's always right, right? So, so they were unafraid. They, hey, it wasn't like, what, what about the 401k? What about, the, what about the Medicare? That's good. You know, Jesus, are we getting part A and part B with you? or what? I mean, what's the deal here, right? You got me, what are we doing? Yes, I need some guarantees. They, he, he said, follow me. And I don't see where he hung around, Brother Matt, a whole long time and said, listen, boys, you please, right. I need you. Right? Right. right? He didn't beg them. That's right. He didn't coerce them. Amen. Right. He gave the invitation. Now, if they had said no, it moved on. His plan will get done with us or without us. You just got to figure out if you want to be on board. You just got to figure out if you want to be part of the plan, right? Because God's going to do it. You say, well, how do you know? Because he's sovereign, right? He he wants to use you and put you in the place. But listen, whether or not you choose to follow him, he's still going to get it done. He doesn't need need Pastor McDaniel, Associate Pastor Money. He doesn't need Shane Hatcher. He doesn't need Johnny Shoemaker. He doesn't need uh, uh, Eddie Smith, but he wants to use us. He didn't need Peter. He could have had somebody else preach Pentecost, but he wanted to use him. So see, in this day that we live, you gotta be unafraid. You just gotta say, listen, He's been faithful in the past. He'll be faithful now, and he'll be faithful in the future. That's, I didn't say you didn't, never, uh, didn't uh, necessarily were uneasy sometimes about, but listen, either he's God or he isn't. That's right. Either he's worth following or he's not. Right. Either we're going to have faith or we're going to go with flesh, right? I mean, it's, right. It's, you can't do both. Right. So he said, follow me. They said, all right, threw down their stuff. Went after Jesus. That's the kind of zeal you and I have got to have. Yeah. You, hey, you want, you want revival? You want to see God do something at Currytown Baptist Church? You can't, you can't hold on to your net and follow Jesus. Right. You can't do it. You got to throw it down so it, it's him or nothing. Right. You can't get saved unless you throw down your nets and follow Amen. Jesus. It's not, there is no plan B. Amen. 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 It's either him or nothing. It's either Calvary or nothing. It's not Calvary in my baptism. It's not Calvary in my church membership. It's not Calvary, and I'm a pretty good person. It's either Jesus is enough or He isn't. And you've got to make that decision. So you see, the fishermen where these, these guys hadn't been, hadn't been had all this training, hadn't sat under a pastor, you know, for 20 years, hadn't done all that, hadn't had any training in the ministry. They just said, All right, Jesus, we'll go with you. Will you do that? Number two, the the followers, so that that's their background, but see they had to they had to make a decision. And so, verse twenty-two, the Bible said they immediately left the ship and their father, father and followed him. Amen. That's kind of the catchphrase now, isn't it? You don't. You're having people. They don't say, "I'm a Christian anymore." They say, "I'm a follower of Jesus." That's that's the new lingo. Are you a follower of Jesus? Well, they're called Christians first at Antioch. Christ-like, right? But if we look at This being synonymous with Christian or disciple, they were followers. They weren't weren't viewing him from far off like a lot of times we do. Huh. Look at that, Jesus doing something over there. They were right there with him, right? They were in, listen, listen to this word. They were involved with what was going on, they were not spectators. Followers are not spectators. Followers are participants. And so these followers is, first of all, they were called to follow him. Well, when you got saved, what did he say? Follow me, right? right? Follow me. you got to make a decision. Will I follow Christ or not? See, I think, Brother Gary, we've gotten... We've gotten so caught up in semantics of things. I've, I've talked to people and say, well, you know, now you can be saved without making him your Lord. If you, if you believe in Lordship salvation, so what you're saying is you can get saved and do whatever you want to do, and that's good. No. I understand the semantics of do you have to recognize him as Lord before you ask him to save you and whatever. I don't have time for all that. Here's what I know. I got saved. Jesus said, follow me. And I had to make a decision whether or not I was going to be a Christian and follow him or whether I was going to be a nominal believer. And I don't even know that you can really be that. Just to be honest with you, I believe when God truly changes you, something changes inside of Amen. you, the old man, the new nature comes in and you're like, I'm going. Yeah. Does that mean you'll never sin? Does that mean you'll never backslide? No, sir. That doesn't mean that at all. Right. But God puts something inside of us when you truly get born again to say, I'm going with him. Right. All, all this, I prayed a prayer, but nothing changed. If it didn't change, man, you, you, that prayer didn't do you a bit of good. Yeah. These boys didn't say, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm going to stay on the ship and make all my money. And they said, we're going with you. Wherever you go, we go. Is that what kind of dedication we have to Christ? Because that's what they did. They were called, if they were going to follow Christ, there was something bigger that they would accomplish. Now, I don't know what they made fishing. But I know at least one time they had a big haul. They had enough boats were sinking, right? But here's what I do know. What they got in heaven for following Christ was greater than any amount of money they were ever going to make fishing. You got to decide whether or not you're going to follow him. Not only were they called, they were compliant. Notice they dropped everything, followed him. Right. There wasn't this maneuvering like so many. Well, I, you know, preacher and I would come to soul a visitation, but I got a lot going on on Saturdays. On, on. Yeah. Awesome. What you got going on Monday? Amen. Yeah. Right. What you got going on Tuesday? Yeah. Right. Wednesday? Well, I got church on Wednesday, maybe. Yeah. Right. Well, that Thursday. About Friday. Well, we, you know, we like to spend time as a family on Friday and go to, go to the football game. Friday night, great. There's thousands of people in that football stadium. You might only get to go one time, Hallelujah. But if you could hit them all one time, it'd be worth it, right? See what I'm saying? We we make all these excuses why we can't be fishers of men, and it just really comes down to compliance. Will I do it or want to do it? Well, that's just not my personality. What do you really think? Think about this for a minute. We can be rational, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think these guys who spent all day on a fishing boat, probably just a couple people, do you think all of them were social butterflies? (laughs) That's That's good. I mean, can't you see them in town James tells John, you know, John, by the time you get married, buddy, you're getting kind of old. will not you go over and talk to that girl there at the, at the market? And he probably, I know I got fish guts all over me, and I'm sorry about that. You know, I don't think they were out there in the social scene and had a public speaking course. They just, what do you think? Let's follow him. Right. Yes, sir. What's he done for you? Amen. Lord God. Hallelujah. I mean, that's what we're here for—to be fisher men. That's right. Either you're going to be compliant or you're not. That's right. Now, I'll say this again: If God tells us to do do something, we don't. It is what to right. him that knoweth to do good doeth it not. To him it is. Is there any verse in there? Any scripture? One maybe? Just one? Talks about go ye in all the world? Right. Anything in there about that? Good. I believe it's in three of the four gospels. Yes, sir. Right. And then over in the book of Acts right. chapter one. Here's what I want to ask you. Ready? And we said this morning, you agreed. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my. So if he told us to go, that's a commandment. How can we say we love Jesus when we won't do what he tells us to do? Well, I do all the other stuff. So, if I'm a soul winner, right, and before I hand out tracks and I'm fishing for men, but I steal a million dollars, is that sin? Boy, wait a minute. What if I did all the others, but stole a million dollars? Is that sin? So how can we say is I've done all these other but this one thing that's just not my thing oh, yeah. but I still love Jesus and it's not sin right. Right. He oh, hey. right. he James 2 maybe 10 yes. whosoever shall keep the whole law right. yet offending one point He's guilty of, hmm, maybe we need to be compliant. These guys, these guys didn't say, listen, Jesus, once we get done, this is fishing season, right? Once we get done with fishing season, we'll go with you, right? That's good, Just a busy time in my life right now, preacher. I, okay. See, you don't, you don't have to answer to me. They were followers. That's right. Will you be a follower? And then they were commissioned. Here's what he said. Verse 19 said, follow me. There's the command. Here's the commission. I will make you fishers of men. He didn't ask me to do it by myself. He didn't tell me he wouldn't give me the power. He said, you just go, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. You can't be Fisher's of men if you're not following Him. You you can, you just can't do it, right? It, it's not the presentation; it's the power, That's right. right? You don't have to have you don't even have to know the Romans Road, man. I listen. I got my little Soul Winners New Testament. I've got it marked, Brother Barry. Here's duh, duh, go here, go here, go here. You don't need all that. I sat right back in the back corner where Brother Paul and Miss Tammy are. It's been several years ago, and there's a young man. I was witnessing to him, and I just, it was. And I could tell he was intellectual. He, I said, let me ask something. I didn't share not one scripture after I, I said, let me ask something. I said, you seem like you're a thinker. He said, I like things to make sense. I said, okay, I agree with that. I said, can you agree that everything happens for a reason? He said, sure. I said, why are you here? He said, what do you mean? I said, does it make any sense? I've used this illustration here before. Making sense for you to be born, live 75 years, die, be put in the ground, nothing happens after that? Does that make any sense? He said, well, no. I said, so you're telling me that, that you believe that we came from monkeys? We came from primordial primordial ooze. We developed some legs, walk around uh, over billions of years. We live for 75 years. We die, go back and ground, there's nothing. So I never thought of it that way. I said, wouldn't it not make sense that if we're created, that there is a creator? And if there's a creator, then he had to be somewhere to create stuff, right? He said, maybe. And so I just kept until finally he said, I'll think about it. Sometime later, Brother Shane came back he said, you're right. Amen. It makes sense. Right. It's Amen. rational. Amen. See, you don't have to necessarily just go down there and quote scripture and right. bam, bam, bam. Will you ask the Lord to save you? If they don't have a clue what you're talking about, they can say all the prayers they want That's to. It's right. not doing them any good. Amen. Right. But I do know this. You know how much corn you get when you plant zero seeds? Zero. Yes, sir. I don't know the presentation. Your problem ain't the presentation. The problem is you're not planting. God doesn't need your presentation. He's got someone named the Holy Spirit that can do a whole lot better job with the presentation than you can. You just need to be the planter. Amen. Just start you just need some seed, right? We got all them invitation cards, tracts, whatever you want to call them. I don't care what you call them. You know what they are? Seed. Plant the seed. Throw some seed out. Thousands, 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 thousands. Seed, seed, seed. Amen? So they were commissioned. Then, I'm about preached out, Brother Jimmy. You may have to finish this one up. Number three is the fishing. What kind of men did the fishing, right? Well, I know this. I'm not a fisherman. I'm, I, 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 I'm a catcher. <laughs> yeah. I, I want somebody to go out and be like, there they are. <laughs> throw you, throw you hook in the water. Pull them out, yeah. right? I go with Brother Todd Monaghan. He, if you ever. That dude, man, if there's a fish within 18,000 miles, he's like a bloodhound. He's on that thing. He knows what he's doing, right? He knows. We, I, I'd take him to Bass Pro Shop, and I'd go look at the hunting stuff for a while, and even with that, I'm like, all right, I'm bored. He's over there looking at worms, lures, hooks. We went fishing one time. I come out with, you know, he looked at me and what is that? I said, I'm going fishing. He said, you don't, those are the wrong kind of hooks. I said, they're hooks, man. The fish don't know anything about no hooks. <laughs> they're too big for what we're trying to catch. You have to use the right hook. Good. That's good. That's good. Go ahead, right there. What about this worm? That's not what we're fishing for. You have to use that. Amen. I'm like, just won't you do this? He's, I didn't even tie the hook right. So he said, "Let me do it." I said, okay, put, put the bait on there and that's what I did, that part of it. But you know what? Reason really some of us ain't catching fish because we ain't even doing that. See these fishing, the fishing, you know what they had to be submitted men. They were committed to their occupation. But they had to be submitted to follow Christ. He didn't say, he didn't say go with me and we're all going to be on the same level. He said, follow me, which means he's going to be in the front, we're going to be in the back. And to be a follower, you have to be submitted. And these men, they had to be close to Christ. They had to be submitted to Christ. His pur- purpose was greater than theirs. And so his purpose has to be greater than ours. You want to see people get saved at Currytown Baptist Church? It can't be about you or me. It's got to be about his purpose, and we have to be submitted men. Then they were spiritual men. Well, don't sound like it before they started following Jesus, does it? But they went from fishing for fish to fishing for men. And this is a supernatural endeavor. They didn't do it without him. He said, I'll make you. I will empower you to do it. I will do it through you. That's what he's saying. Think about this. Jesus, one place when he was on earth, one time. That's good. He said, I can, I can preach here. Maybe he has 5,000. Yeah. But now he's saying, listen, I'm going to be gone. That's right. and so I'm going to need you yes. to go there. Yeah, right. I need you to go there, yes. you to go there. I got 12 of you. Now I want you to do the same thing I did with you. I want you to train people. That's how we expand. Yeah. That's how we multiply. That's how exponential growth takes place. So what he's doing, he's training them, but they had to be spiritual-minded because they, and you know what happened in John 21? Here's what they did. Jesus is gone, right? He's crucified. Peter looked at him and said, Boys, I go a fishing. They said, We'll go with you. That'd be wonderful if they. he said, I go fishing for men, but that's not what he did. Right? right? That quick he went from following Jesus right. to fishing for fish. That's right. You're right. you got to be spiritually minded because here's the thing, right? Every time you throw a hook out, you don't catch something. That's right? right? That's right. Well, if all you are is a trophy fisherman, right? All you want is to be, you're going to say, I want somebody to go spot for me. I want basically drag that thing up and I'm just going to put, look, look what I got. That's what a lot of Christians are. Look, right. look what I did. That's right. well, here's a guy. He saying, listen, you might catch some, might not. But you know what? If you fish enough, don't right. catch something. That takes a spiritual mind because that's not natural. The natural man says this doesn't work. Right? The natural man says knocking on doors doesn't work, handing out tracts doesn't work, talking to people about Jesus, we gotta have social media and we got I'm not against those things. We gotta have, you know, harvest days and we gotta have carnivals and we gotta have all that, and you gotta you gotta do something for the kids and you gotta change everything or they're not gonna come. No, no, no. See, this is a spiritual matter, not a secular matter. Yeah. So it's not up to us to change the way Jesus said to do it. we got to be fishers. you got to go out and find them. Amen. Well, won't we just have this big event and bring them all in? That's not what he said to do. He said, go be fishers of men. It'd be good. It'd be great if you went down to Lake Norman, High Rock Lake, and you just said, all right, here's what we're going to do, boys. We're going to get all the fish, and they're going to jump in the boat, and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to put the the bait in the boat. We're just going to sit here and wait. You know what you're going to do? Starve. That's right. Amen. Fish don't typically That's right. hang out in the water. And because you got some bait in the boat, jump in the boat. You got to go where they're at. Right. Right. Amen. And then there's it take faith. Take work, faith in the words of Christ because he said he'd make them fishers of men. Right, yes. They weren't educated. They weren't trained. They're just regular guys. Yes, they were. Right. And here's what they did. They did it for the souls of men. Oh, yes. right. Folks, listen. It's heaven or hell. That's, right. Right. That's where we're at. It's heaven or hell. There's right. no purgatory. It's no... Well, maybe it's, it's either in or out. Right. The stakes are high. Yes, sir. Think of it this way. If, if somebody needed a heart and you were able to provide that heart for them, Would save their life. Their life's in your hands. That's serious, isn't it? Big responsibility. Well, folks, that's where we are. That's where we are. The thing with the heart is if they don't get it and they die, if they're saved, they're going to heaven. Thing we're doing, if they die without Christ, there's no chance. And what's sad is we get so caught up in all the silliness yes, sir. of what's going on, not just in the world, but in Christianity. Amen. I, I don't get me wrong. I don't care. I don't care what this person preaches, or I don't care what this guy's doing. I don't want to hear about, have you seen? Right. Doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't affect me. Right. What affects me is yes, sir. right here in this little part of the world, Amen. God said, you know what? You and that church need to reach that community, and you need to reach the world. I can't change John MacArthur. I can't change, you know, whoever you, you think is. Well, they're they're a Calvinist or that they might be, but I'm not going to spend all my time worrying about what they believe and what they preach. There's this, I don't know, this some crazy Baptist guy who was popular years ago, and he, I mean, he was just off the, off the deep end. And people would send me videos, and I'm like, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> I don't need to hear it. I know this guy's off, off you know, he's just. Right. But people are dying and going to hell, and we're, we're arguing on Facebook about Halloween. Right. Right. We're arguing on Facebook about, you know, whether this revival's real or that revival. I don't care. Right. Yeah. People, do we, you see where I'm going? People are dying and going to hell. Right. Now, the question is again, that's what we're here for. That's the great role of the Christian for today. Amen. Here's what I'll leave you with. Either we do it or we don't. That's good. Amen. Right. Can God use all that today? Let's find out. Amen. I believe this. I don't know how many I don't know how many tracks we buy. Miss Ellen, how many tracks you know how many tracks we buy every year? A lot. I mean, every usually. That doesn't include what we hand out, no. so we we might buy twenty, thirty, forty thousand tracks a year. <clears throat> Say, oh, praise God, yeah. But why are we not buying a hundred thousand? Right. I. Ready for this? I'd rather the church. Go bankrupt (laughs) buying tracks. Than have a million dollars in the bank. I'd rather because you know why? You hand that seed out. God's you take care of God's business, He'll take care of the church's business. That's good. Don't worry about don't worry about how much we spend on tracks. You just hand them out. Right? We'll we'll buy more seed. Amen. Man, they they're people printing seed all the time. And if one shuts down, we'll find another. We have to. We'll hand write them out like they used to. Praise God. Just get the seed out. That's our role. You may not be a preacher. You may not be a singer. You may not be a musician. You say, oh, I'd like to do something for Christ. I have people. Gotta, let me do this in the right spirit. And I, by the way, let me say this. I'm not talking about these missionaries. Yeah, right, right. I'm not talking about them. So before you get your mind, he talking about the Russell, I ain't talking about them. But we've had missionaries stay down there. They've used our prophets chambers for a long time. Now, if there's anything we can ever do for the church, let us know. Would you mind handing some tracks out? Would you help on a bus route? What it meant was, if you ever need us to sing or preach for you, yeah. Oh, yeah. we got to singing and preaching covered, but we always can use some more seed spreaders. That's good. Right. right. And again, I ain't talking about them. Yes. That's right. Right. They'll do it. Yes sir. yes, sir. But I'm thinking, that's what that's what you say you're gonna go do somewhere else is right. spread seed and you won't do it here. That's good, Amen. You don't have to you don't have to you don't have to be able to play something or say something that's just right. but you can hand something. Amen. Yes, we, can. we can hand something. That's the great role of the church. Let's stand together. Great role we have today, sharing the gospel. Great need the world has is the gospel. And God left us the great privilege to do it. The question is, will you do it? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, the altars open. Will you do it? Now, I don't know what that looks like. You may not ever come to visitation. Say, I just can't make it on Saturdays. But when can you do it? Who do you know that needs Jesus? Maybe you don't hand out a thousand uh, a, a week. Maybe there's five. Maybe there's somebody God lays on your heart to share the gospel with. question is, will you do it? Will you do it? Because one day, one day when it's all said and done, I can't say this Paul said he had the blood of no man on his hand Everybody God put in his path Share the gospel with I believe Paul did, don't you? I can't say that We be a follower Follower I don't need to be the head guy I just need to be a follower you know what I found? Well, there is a lot. There's a lot of peace in being a follower. There's a lot of responsibility with being the leader. There's a lot of pressure off of you when you're a follower. When you just say, Jesus, I'll do what you tell me to do. You want me to go knock on a door? You want me to hand one to a co-worker? You want me to tell somebody I'm praying for him? I'll do that. I'll just trust you. You, you, be the, you be the game planner. I'll just follow instructions. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you that you've entrusted us to get it to a lost and dying world. Give us a great burden for souls. Give us the courage and boldness through the Holy Spirit of God to do what you've called us to do. Jesus' name we pray.